want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all because I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time and you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. All right, what's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to the Taz Show. Yes, here we go, rocking and rolling. I uh, appreciate you guys downloading this episode. As we roll into the summertime here in 2019, uh, uh, mid to late June, thank you for downloading this episode on radio.com, on the app, or the website. You can locate the Taz Show, or maybe Apple Podcast. You might be grabbed it there, or wherever you get your podcast. Could be the Google one. Could be uh, the other one, Spotify. Could be a bunch of stuff. It could be, you know, all Stitcher. Got them all. You know, we got them all. So that's that's the deal. So what's up? Hope everybody's good. Uh, so a couple things. We're going to do a little uh, stomping ground preview gimmick here, prediction show type thing. Uh, do that in a sec. A um, couple topics I wanted to just talk about really uh, real quick, just a few minutes. WWE 24-7 championship, you know, you know, there was we. T- I talked about it here. I think maybe, maybe it was a question on Taz Hall. I'm trying to recall. Regardless, you know, a lot of people initially were hating on this thing, and I was saying, listen, this gives a talent an opportunity, a lot of other talent to get on the TV show and to get the announcers talking about them. And it's an opportunity, just like the hardcore title was years ago. So it helps, you know for them the creative team and the mcmahon family to incorporate other talents that are maybe not getting a big push at the moment that can get them some tv time so i'm all in favor of men and women in any way capacity getting some more tv time that aren't getting the big rocket uh behind them to get the big push so i have no heat i have no problem with the 24 7 championship i've i've even put over the title belt itself uh you know i've given uh different examples of what it reminded me of um you know from the old wwf title because it's the green leather with the round gold plate uh so boxing championships it kind of looks like the, some of those belts whatever here's the thing i really really like what they've been doing you know having you know our truth is the thread of the champion he loses here and there but you know, the golf cart uh, gimmick we saw, golf cart Jones, you know, we saw that, you know, uh, uh, just recently, this is what sparked me was seeing Drake Maverick uh, getting married and he's at the championship because he had just won it, I think it was on SmackDown this week, not, was it Raw or SmackDown, I can't recall, whatever, I know it was this week and now he got, he said, I'm getting married, I think it was SmackDown, he ran away with the belt and he drove away, and I drove away in a car, I should say, in a rental car, it looked like, and he's like, I'm getting married and he's got the 24-7 belt and they paid it off, They they WWE did, they got to give him credit, they showed the gimmick, him at his wedding and then, uh, you know, and you know, they had EC3 there as like one of his groomsmen, and um, and who showed up? You know, I don't want to spoil it for you if you didn't see it, but whatever. They 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 you know, they they flop they flipped the title, so it's cool, man. It's I I just wanted to put it over. I just think it's really cool, and I think they're getting creative with it. And you know, there's enough people beating up on WWE creative, and at times I do too. So I want to say with this, they are definitely getting more creative they're spending money the budget is in there meaning that 
they're doing stuff with WWE with the twenty four seven title, I should say, outside of the arena. You know, so that's a lot of people don't realize that's that's a budget. That's fucking money being spent. You know, you need to have a crew go out wherever it may be. Okay, you need to get the talent out there. You know, so it, and it takes time. You know, it takes time. A lot of times they're freelance crews if it's not a WWE crew. So if they're shooting this for argument's sake. During a, a TV taping, a, a TV shoot, I should say, because they're live shoots, Raw or SmackDown, you know, you got to have a, maybe a freelance crew because you can't free up a crew that's working for you full time. So you got to pay, even if it's your regular crew, you got to pay, you know, you got to pay that, you know, you, everyone's, it costs money when you, more money, I should say, when you're doing it maybe on a different day of the TV shoot or away from the arena. So a lot of people don't understand that. Like, that's a very, very important thing. So I wanted to bring that up uh, That I think they're doing cool shit with it So embrace the 24-7 championship I mean it's definitely There's a lot of you know there's a, It's it's let me up moments So there's a lot of comedy in it That's what I mean by let me up You know where if there's a, a plethora of serious topics In the TV program You know you <clears throat> You have You know some comedy to let you up so you know it, it, it's you got to have some seriousness obviously you got to have physicality you know athleticism um you know here and there some sexy stuff you got to have a little bit of that and then you got to have some comedy a little bit of that and that's what 24 7 you know is is bringing you so it's full entertainment um and you're getting some comedy right from you know right uh you know right out of the box with the 24 7 championship so i'm sitting here waving the flag of that title so i'm not gonna sit here be a burial uh, positive Jones, uh, that's me Putting that shit over uh, Big Time Jones uh, Speaking of Big Time I'm going to tell you right now Okay, there's a young cat Okay, that if I had like It's really funny This happened um, because I'm, I'm all over the place for a reason when I talk about This guy I'm fixing to talk about <clears throat> so The other day I'm out in California Okay, I was out in LA for two days Not on vacation, I was doing some Business stuff that Maybe I could talk about soon here on the Taz show. So uh, I was in midweek. It was like a Tuesday, Wednesday. I was in Los Angeles. And so obviously I'm flying across country. So I'm sitting on a fucking plane for five hours. And I just, you know, I get to thinking and stuff and thinking of different stuff with the show, the, the podcast and all that. And then I'm thinking, I'm looking online, reading different stuff and, and watching different matches of current wrestlers. And, and then. This guy, he, he, he always jumps into my head. Like, I, I've seen him work a lot. Um, my first laid eyes on his work rate in MLW, right? And I'm like, okay, if, and I'm sitting on this plane and I'm flying to Los Angeles and I'm thinking, if I had to pick, if I owned my own wrestling promotion, I was the head booker of a promotion. Who would be the number one free agent for me right now? Now, there's a ton of really good talent out. In the UK, obviously in Japan, in Canada, you know, here in the United States, there's there's tons of good workers all over, men and women. So it's no knock on any of the current talent or up and coming talent. But um, this one guy, okay, jumped out to me. She's oh, had to be, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Um, and just recently now, I just noticed that, and it's funny because this is after I get I go to LA, then I come back to New York couple days later and and i'm starting to see all this chatter 
about this one guy who I think is the fucking shit, dude, in a positive way. I think he's the best. He's great. As far as young guys, the next big star. And I'm talking about Jacob Fatu, okay? This is a dude that I never met him, okay? If I have met him, I don't recall. I don't think I've ever met him. I know a lot of his family members. You know, he, he was trained by his uncle, who's Rikishi, who's a very good friend of mine. Okay, and his dad is Sam Fatu. Fatu. Well, I know Sam too, Samu, right? So I know him too. I know I know a bunch of the Samoan dynasty for, for many years, you know. And I, I consider them all friends of mine and, and I respect them. You know, Jacob Fatu, okay, like, you know, and you gotta understand, like, this fucking dude is tremendous. Like a tremendous worker. He he brings I'm I'm gonna put him over huge right now. Okay, <laughs> he brings every amount of realistic work rate to the table that young current talent need to really understand and do. And a lot of young men and women do bring realism to their work rate. This guy is just—he is tremendous, tremendous worker, big dude. Okay, big, big guy. You might have saw this stuff, I think it was last week and the weekend before, where a fan, I believe it was a show in California, an independent show. I don't recall the show, so I apologize. Went around the guardrail and kind of got like he was going to get in Jacob Jacob Fatu's face. And Jacob Fatu knocked the fucking dog shit out of him. Um, and it was fair game because he went over around a guardrail and then threw a chair in his direction and kind of hit him. <laughs> and, you know, y- y- listen, ladies and gentlemen, don't don't go over the guardrail on wrestlers. I don't care who they are. Even if you think you could kick their ass, even if you're drinking like a fucking fish and you're drunk and your friends are egging you on, don't do it. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Don't do it. You go over that guardrail and you, you get near that ring, you are fair game. You don't want to be fair game. I promise. Don't do it it's not worth it and if you're drunk or your 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 friend's really drunk and he's gonna do that and you guys are laughing having a good time stop him don't let him go over or around a guardrail and get near a wrestler it's not gonna be good because if the wrestler doesn't beat the fucking shit out of you the security's going to okay so don't just don't do it i'm, I'm just be smart, have a good time, and don't touch the wrestlers. Don't go near them. Don't touch them when they're performing, no matter how much they're yelling and cursing at you and pissed at you. If they're in your face, they're trying to get heat. That's their job. So Jacob Fatu was getting a lot of heat in his building, and, you know, he ended up knocking the dog shit out of somebody. Uh, you know, and I don't know if it was a work. I don't think it was a work. <laughs> this fucking dude got lit up, and, he, 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 you know, whatever. I'm not here to pass judgment on that guy. I'm here to talk about Jacob Fatu. The bottom line is, I'm. I was on this plane. I'm thinking, man, if I had to pick who's my number one draft pick right now, it would be Jacob Fatu. And then I see these reports that you know there's intrigue and interest by WWE in Jacob Fatu. So you know, by the way, who's the cousins, uh, the cousin uh, of the Usos, right? So, uh, and Amaga was his uncle, and I guess the Usos are his cousins. So just to give you some of his family tree, there, you know, um, he is a. Uh, he, he he definitely will remind you if you've never seen him of the, the the late Umaga, you know, who's just a tremendous person and, and worker. Um, you know, this guy is a special worker, and he is 
I mean, he's, I don't know, I mean, he, he is so impressive, his work rate um, and his style and his, like I said, his athleticism for his size, you know, and again, like I mentioned to Umaga, you will see, you will see similarities in Umaga, in Jacob Fatu. Um, and, you, you know, he's done a lot of work as, you know, past year or two years, whatever the hell it's been with MLW. Now, apparently he's a free agent now, so I I know he was on the contract at MLW. Apparently he's not anymore. I don't know how um the uh MLW contracts are done and whatnot, but uh, all I know is you know, I, I don't know who's going to get their hands on this guy. If WWE wants him, I'm sure they can get him with no problem. Or maybe, you know, AEW they 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 get ready to roll here and they got a lot of money and you know, and and um, maybe they go after him. I don't know, but all I know is, if if I'm him, I'm probably going to go towards where my family is or was, or, or not. Should no, where my family is. You know, what uh, all of his relatives that have been through the doors of and working under the McMahon family, including currently, like the Usos uh, and Roman Reigns and stuff. So, uh, obviously, you know. Uh, Jacob Fatu's dad and uh, his uncle Rikishi. So, you know, all of that, the the whole family, the whole Samoan dynasty, for the most part, been through the doors of WWE. So if I'm Jacob Fatu, I mean, to me, the WWE has proved, in, starting with Vince McMahon, he knows how to promote, market, and push uh, Samoan wrestlers. Uh, another one is Samoa Joe. Uh, but I believe it's different families. So um, I, don't, I don't know how much relation there is with Joe and, uh, you know, uh, um, the members of the Samoan dynasty, to be honest with you. So um, regardless, Jacob Fatu is a tremendous talent, tremendous. I'm putting him over like gold here. I get, I got no skin in the game with this young man. I don't know him, never met him. No, his family, like I said, I'm just here to tell you, he is the deal, okay, the real deal, okay? So uh, I've told you a lot about People back in the day, and I'm usually pretty fucking spot on, you know, back in the early days of the Taz show and the show was daily, you know, I, I, you guys know, and some of you new people don't know, and I'll let you know about it. I, um, I, uh, was doing, you know, uh, breakdown before breakout, you know, on talents that no one really knew of. And I would locate them, spot them and show video of their work on when I had live video. And one of those guys was Ricochet. And he was working as Prince Puma uh, for Lucha Underground. And uh, I'd let you know that this guy is going to be a mega star. You know, uh, I let you know about him. I let you know about Tessa Blanchard. And she's doing tremendous stuff. The, you know, uh, she is uh, uh, she is just a tremendous talent and doing a lot of stuff with Impact Wrestling and a big star uh, throughout, uh, you know, the the country working all over the place. You know, I, I let you know about some of these people and. I'm letting you know Jacob Fatu is in that same realm. He is going to be, he's a star already, you know, uh, the stuff he's done with MLW and wherever else he works. I know he's in high demand to get booked, but my man is, and I believe he lives out in Cali somewhere up in Northern California in the San Francisco region, I believe, somewhere up there. But um, just, just go on YouTube or wherever or go to MLW's website and watch him work. He is, uh, he is something else. He really is. So I'd love to see him in WWE. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see him in AW. I just think that in WWE, like I said about his family and how he, uh, the, the history of the Simone dynasty with the WWE and, and 
um, you know what I mean, uh, from Afa and Sika back in the day to Yokozuna to, you know, so it's it's been done right for a lot of years, you know, to, to obviously, the, you know, The Rock and and, and uh, uh, High Chief Peter Maivia, The Rock's grandfather. I mean, so you could go on and on. There's a litany of uh, uh, Polynesian or Samoan wrestlers uh, that have been, Marketed by the McMahon family from Vince Sr. to Vince McMahon, now Vince Jr., um, our current Vince, that uh, they just do a great job with promoting the marketing. Um, and the same thing was with Omaga before he left us. So, you know, he was a huge star and, and left us way too early. So, man, look, I'm just telling you, Jacob Fatu is the the deal. That's I just want you to know about him. If you didn't know about him, uh, I know not all you guys are not all you people. You people. Not all of you are on top of the independent scene, but some of you are. Okay, so did a lot of talking here. Uh, gonna do a little stomping ground uh, gimmick. Your name is Fern and Burnham, but first I gotta take care of some business. Oh yes, hang on a second, jobbers. Time for a little water break. Here we go. Ah, it's a good one. All right, yeah. So uh, yeah, we get a little uh, uh, little water going on here, a little water break. It's a big part of the Taz show, as you guys know. So uh, there you have it. So I uh, let me barrel right into stomping grounds here. So stomping grounds is this Sunday, right? Uh, from I believe Tacoma, Washington, the great state of Washington, um, all the way out there in the West Coast, up uh, up there. Tacoma's a great town. Had the opportunity to wrestle up there uh, and uh, commentate for WWE up there. And I, I like the state of Washington. I'm a big fan of Seattle. Okay, love Seattle because I like the rain. I like coffee. I'm fucking good. I pack a lip. I fucking drink some coffee and uh, I sit there and watch the fucking rain from my hotel. That's my gimmick. All right, I digress. So anyway, what do we got here? We got um. A lot of interesting matches. I want to say, I do think that Stomping Grounds, for not one of the bigger pushed pay-per-views, seems to be a pretty um, decent card uh, as far as the amount of bang for your buck and matches. So I'll go through them real quick here. Uh, WWE Cruiserweight Champion Tony Nice uh, versus uh, Zawa and Drew Gulak, a triple jet. A triple jet, how am I doing? Triple threat Jones, okay, three-way dance As we would call it back in the ECW days Nice uh, is the champion WWE Cruiserweight champ, and as I said Gulak and Tazawa, so uh, That's uh, the one, that's one match, you got Big E and Xavier Woods going against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn You got the SmackDown Tag Team Champions uh, Rowan and Daniel Bryan Going against Heavy Machinery we're coming, uh, my man, Otis, big, big boy Jones. Uh, you got the United States Championship match with Samoa Joe. He's the champ, United States champ, going against the aforementioned Ricochet. Then you got Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. You get the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey. She's going against Alexa Bliss. What else we got? We got the, the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. She will lock horns with Lacey Evans. <clears throat> And you have the WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. Kofi will defend his title in a steel cage against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, and then you have the Universal Championship, which is Seth Rollins. Seth is the champ. He is uh, dealing with uh, Baron Corbin. He's going to deal with Baron Corbin and wrestle Baron Corbin. And 
I kind of, you know, I, I don't want to start there, but I, I, well, I, and anyway, it's going to be, we don't know who the special guest referee is. I'll get into that in a moment, obviously. So let me just, I, I'm not going to go through every one of these matches here. Um, I, 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 some of them I will. I will say, I think Tony Nice, okay, if they keep the Cruiserweight title on him, I'm totally cool with it. But I got a funny feeling Gulak gets it, and I think he should. Um, I do. I think he should get it. I mean, Drew Gulak is tremendous, tremendous worker and and grappler and catches catch Ken style and shoot style and and just the hardcore fan base is is in love with him and for a good reason. He's a tremendous hand. All three of these guys are. I'm a big fan of Tony Nese. I first met Tony in TNA um, years and years ago. He was under contract. It would try, I can't remember the thing they were doing to bring different guys in. And Tony was one of the guys. And I'm like, man, this guy is the fucking the shit. This guy's legit. Great body, great worker. And it's great to see Tony's doing, uh, having a lot of success with WWE the past couple of years. So I'm happy to see that. But anyway, so I, I do think that, that if Tony keeps it, that's cool. Meaning Nice in this triple threat. But I, I'm going to say I'm going to predict that Gulak gets it. I, I'm going to predict that, that the new Cruiserweight champ will be Gulak. That's just... Me on top. Now, truth be told, I do not watch two or five all the time, so I can't. I'm I'm not on top of that as much as I should be. Just to be frank with you, um, just being honest. So, you know, uh, that yeah, that's the deal on that. Uh, you got Biggie and Xavier Woods versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, they've been pushing them pretty good since they're back in the fold here on TV, and everybody knows their history, all the matches they've had against each other, and that they're good friends, and now. They're both heels. They're both buddies again, and they're in a tag match against uh, two of the three, you know, New Day members. And while Biggie was out, you know, remember Kevin Owens came in was like an honorary honorary member, and then you know, uh, heel Jones. So you know, now he's back with his boy Sammy. Um, I gotta tell you what, I think the heels win this match. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards KO and Zayn get the victory over uh, Biggie and Woods. I do think that happens. Then you get the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Rowan and Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan against Heavy Machinery. Now, I have to say to you, um, what I'd like to happen, I think is going to happen. How about that? I would like to see new Tag Team Champions crowned, and I do think that's what's going to happen. I really do. I think that it's time because they've been given a lot of TV time to Heavy Machinery. And um, it's, you know, you could see they, they it's, it, I don't mean there's no disrespect towards Rowan, but, you know, Daniel Bryan was such a huge single star in WWE and still is. And just coming off of having a run as the planet, whatever, the champion, the Greenwood, green champion, whatever, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm a meat eater. I apologize, but uh, I'm, I know it's not PC today to be a meat eater. I'm probably wrong on that. That was probably just sarcasm. But regardless, um, the thing is, <clears throat> he come off big pushes of singles, and then boom, boom, next thing you know, boom, tag team champs. He he and Rowan, and it just feels like it's it's not needed to have. There's no need to have the tag team titles on Daniel Bryan and and Rowan. There's just no need. I just don't. It's just nothing. The tag team division SmackDown, it stinks. That meaning that they just need to put some oomph into it anyway. I don't mean the talent stinks. It's just the but the creative's been stinking so on it. So I, I think heavy machinery needs a run with the titles, and you need to build up some heels to work with them the right way. 
regardless, put the titles on heavy machinery, and I got a feeling that's going to happen. I'm not saying pull Rowan, once they lose, pull Rowan away from Daniel Bryan. I'm not saying that. I would keep it rolling like the whole Diesel, Shawn Michaels thing back in the day, you know, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels thing with the big giant guy, with the smaller guy, you know, where the smaller guy's the, the, the workhorse and he's a superstar and yada yada, but he's got big Rowan watches back. That's been done in the business a lot, and it's been done for a reason. It always works. So I think that we will crown new SmackDown tag champions, and it'll be heavy machinery. That's uh, my feel on that. You got the United States Championship, Samoa Joe and Ricochet. Oh, Samoa Joe is the champion against Ricochet. Ricochet won on, I think it was on Raw, a five, um, five-way gimmick. And was victorious in this thing and was a was a great win for him on a big stage on Monday Night Raw for Ricochet. A lot of people really feel like, okay, that um, Ricochet is going to win the United States Championship over Samoa Joe here at, at Stomping Grounds. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think that Joe is going to win and he should win. But the angle should not end. I do think there should be another rematch eventually, and then Ricochet should get the title. I don't think right now. Uh, it's too much, meaning that, look, we know when he came up to the main roster, Ricochet, him and Alistair Black were together having big success as a tag team, which was an odd pairing. You have two tremendous individual talents, and you tagged them. I didn't really agree with that. but And now Alistair Black is trying to find an opponent. Um, and that's the angle they're shooting with Alistair Black, which I can get to that in a second. It has nothing to do with stomping ground, but I'll give you a thought on that. Only because I mentioned Ricochet, but Ricochet finds himself in, you know, doing well uh, where they're just getting him, getting him involved. Um, and he, like I said, he won this match on uh, on Raw, this five way match. So I would not put the title on him just yet. I do think, you know, Joe has got good heat. Joe's a tremendous heel. Um, I I think that you, you can't go wrong with heat, and it's a, just a good way to – it's a good – I should say it's a good angle to have Joe and Ricochet in an angle because their styles work together, their chemistry to have, you know, really good matches because one guy's a bigger athletic guy, the other guy's a smaller ultra-athletic guy. That always works. That's just great chemistry. It's a great setup, you know. And I wouldn't put the title on Ricochet right now. It just—it's a little too much after coming off Raw. I mean, he beat some big names in in this Fatal Five Way Elimination Match from Raw. I mean, guys from from Bobby Lashley to to excuse me to uh, Cesaro to to the excuse me the Miz and to Braun Strowman. <laughs> so, you know. That's that's a huge win for this kid. Well deserved. I don't think putting the U.S. title on him on this show on Sunday at Stomping Grounds. I think it could potentially hurt him. Let him lose the match. Let him get beat with Joe's finish. I'm not saying he should tap out. Let him get choked out. Okay, let him get choked out. Um, or Joe could beat him via pin somehow. But I would not have Ricochet win yet. I would work this and build this angle and and build it slow and let these two guys. I would do. I'm going to go back to what I said on the Taz show. I can't remember who it was about years ago. A lot of you guys that are old school fans of the Taz show, you'll know where I'm going with this. I go best three out of five. I go best three out of five on on you know on TV, three out of five, and uh, you know and just meaning that 
sprinkle it throughout, you know, weeks on TV. Uh, Samoa Joe and Ricochet. Um, it's kind of weird because you're doing a title match already, but maybe it's something where he's got. I'm just spitballing here. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm. I'm just shooting the shit with you. Maybe it's something where Ricochet to earn back another title shot because he's a he's a babyface. So let the authority figures, uh, you know, whoever it is this week, <laughs> let them, uh, uh, you know, make Ricochet earn the right. So now he's got to beat Joe over the course of weeks in a, a series of matches, three out of five. And sure, dang enough, it takes weeks because you have enough. You, now you sprinkle it out in your story arc, but Samoa Joe ends up losing the three out of five, but doesn't lose his championship. But it gives now Ricochet an opportunity back at the United States title, and then boom, he gets it. And that gives you a lot of weeks of programming. And to keep these two guys at an angle, Ricochet's not a great talker, but Samoa Joe is. So that's great. As long as one of the guys can carry that angle with verbal skills, not that Ricochet's bad. He's just not as good as Joe, and he's not as good as he could or should be just yet. But he makes up for all that with his work rate, obviously, Ricochet. He's tremendous. Um, All right, so, so that's the deal on that. So I do think Samoa Joe will keep the United States title, and I do think he should keep the United States title. Okay, so where else we going? So the other thing I was going to say to you guys, I'm going to go to break. All of a sudden, break, I'm going to tell you something about Alistair Black, what I think they should be doing with him and who he should be at an angle with. Okay, it has nothing to do with stomping ground, and I'll get into the rest of these stomping ground matches uh, here on uh, the Taz Show. Like, I got to get into, geez, I got to get into the obviously Universal Championship match. I got to get into Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Steel Cage, WWE title match, that is. Royal Women's title match, SmackDown Women's title match, McIntyre Reigns. So I got a lot to do here on this episode. Sit tight. Be right back, Jobbers. Back here in the Taz Show, we're going to uh, get into uh, the rest of Stomping Ground. Tell you a little bit about Alex Black, what I think they should do with him, who he should be angle, be an angle with. Also, you know, go to Pro Wrestling Tees, get yourself, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash T-A-Z and get yourself the new uh, old school, one of my first shirts, a Tasmaniac shirt. There's two Tasmaniac shirts, coincidentally enough, on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Taz right now. Um, but the latest one that's on there is my first T-shirt ever from 1992, where it was a caricature of me that somebody drew, uh, a guy named Tommy Norton, who used to wrestle under the name Flex Lavender. And he got trained by Johnny Rods uh, when I did uh, a little, a couple of weeks after he broke in a couple of weeks after me, but we were, went through wrestling school together. I haven't talked to Tommy in, geez, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Um, he never really took off in the wrestling business. Uh, was a good muscular worker, good, good guy, really good guy from, from New Jersey, from Northern New Jersey. And Tommy drew this, this, that thing of me, that, that character of me. And I'd love to thank him. I haven't talked to him, seen him ever. Uh, if anybody knows where Tommy Norton is, again, he used to wrestle on the Flex Lavender. Hit me up on the Twitter, at Official Taz, and let me know uh, where Tommy Norton is. But anyway, so that caricature, 
it just and it, it's a it's of the Taz Maniac, and it says T A Z under it, and underneath that it says the word Maniac. Now that's the only revision to the shirt that makes it not exactly like the original because it says Taz, and then it says the word Maniac underneath it. The original did not have the word man, Maniac underneath because I didn't I didn't know I was going to be Taz. I just thought I was going to be the Taz Maniac. I was very young. Uh, when that shirt came out So uh, anyway, so there it is You can get it on ProWrestlingTees.com Slash T-A-Z Throwback Jones There's a lot of cool shirts in there Go check it out uh, Don't ask you for shit You know what I mean? You go buy yourself a t-shirt A hat on a fucking thing you, you know, really You get the podcast free for free You get Taz and the Moose On CBS Sports Radio for free You fucking get everything for free Go buy a fucking shirt or a hat Stop being a cheap bastard You know what I'm saying? All right, anyway so that's how I put myself over to you guys And I, you know, that's embracing That's how I embrace the audience Curse you out and make you feel horrible if you don't buy a shirt What are you gonna do? Works to me, you know what I'm saying? Alright, so Alistair Black What are they doing with this guy? Okay, this guy looks tremendous Inked up Jones, okay Tattoos everywhere um, Work Sick worker in a positive manner Okay Um Great stuff he's done Triple H did with him in, in NXT And the opportunities he was given there uh, Main roster You know, they like I said, when he came in I said this before the break You know, he came in without, up to the main roster with Ricochet Which I thought was odd uh, That he put these two guys together, but whatever um, So now they're doing stuff backstage If you haven't seen it Where in like the one of the rooms They had docked the room out And they have a camera in Alistair Black's face And he's basically asking for someone to open a door Meaning Come fight me, challenge me, come at me Somebody come at me, no one's calling me out No one wants to fight me, that type of thing, you know what I mean um, I, You know, I gotta tell you I'm, I'm gonna give you an idea here I have, uh, again, I was on a plane <laughs> And this was uh, also going While I was going to LA And I, I thought of this idea And it's it's a pretty badass idea So as usual, I do my stupid ass Fucking free consulting shit on the air here Like a jerk uh, and these podcasts, and then people from the creative teams hear it, and then they pitch it to the boss like it's their idea, and they fucking hack me. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I hope this works. I hope they do this because I like to see this work out for Alistair Black. I'm a big fan of the guy, and I got to meet him at Takeover in Brooklyn. I was backstage at that one show there during WrestleMania week, and I had a long chat with Alistair Black, and he's a fucking solid dude, man. So uh, one day I'd like to get him on the show here. So and 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 uh, chop it up with them and shit. But anyway, um, so this is what I would do. Okay, like people are like, well, who you know? Somebody said to me recently, well, who would you? A friend of mine, who would you put him in an angle with? And I said, I got to think about it. And then I was on this plane and I was fucking thinking about it. And I, I tell you what, I came up with pretty quick in my brain. This is what I would do. You know, you guys know the promos, the stuff he's doing backstage. It's in the dark room, and then one of the last ones we saw. He told like a production hand, you know, open the door, open the door, you know, like, and you could see the light from the hallway hit the on the uh, the camera shot he was in, and he starts screaming from his location where he was sitting. Someone, please, come paraphrasing, come through the door, make someone fight me, someone challenge me, and no one did, right? I would do this again. Like for maybe one or two more times The same thing with different verbiage That he did And then um, I'd have him after he The second time and he calls someone out And no one comes through the door By the way, I also think they missed a boat a little, boat a little bit When they did that They just kept the camera On Alistair Black I do think, now if they did this on 
I don't think they they changed it on SmackDown. I don't think so. But if they did, I pardon my ignorance. But I would have had the camera pan when he says to somebody, "Open that door," and then you see the light hit him. I would have the camera pan and let's see the stagehand open or production assistant open the door. Let's see the drape and the curtains, the black and and, and the lighting. Let's peek behind the curtain and then see it's a hallway in an arena. You know, that's just let the camera pan so it feels more realistic. They didn't do that. They kept the camera like on a tripod, just shooting out the black. I, I do think they should have. They should change this now, and then have them do what I just said. The same promo. Someone come through the door and fight me. No one comes through. The camera pans. No one comes through, and then the camera goes back on the black, and you'll see. Um, I just want someone to answer. Just someone to front me. Someone get in my grill. So, you know, something. Next week, same thing. Pan the camera. Someone come through the door. Nobody comes through the door. Put the camera back in his face. See? That's what I'm saying. I just want someone to fight me. And then, you know, fade to black or go to a commercial or go to the announcers or go to the next match. You're done with him. The third time, okay, same concept. He looks. They open the door. Nobody comes through. He looks back at the camera, and he goes, see? That's exactly what I'm saying. For weeks, I've been out here all of a sudden. Fucking boom! Somebody comes. You just see a flying fucking body with a straight fucking front mafia kick. Bang! Right in his fucking face. Hits Bowser Black. He goes flying. Camera falls and all this shit. And who is it? And then, the, and as the camera falls off the tripod onto the ground, and Alistair Black is knocked out cold, you see the face lays on the floor, puts his own face right in. To the camera And who is it? Smiling Nakamura That's some good shit Two Smackdown guys That's a hot angle you could have Two guys with that physical Japanese strong style Work rate and that's how You do. You just have Nakamura As the camera Falls And you know someone just blasted Fucking Alistair Black you see him knocked out The camera's sideways and you hear people running out Like the production people, they're scared They run out of the fucking dark room And even have the lights go on All the light, not, not lights, not camera lights the, the fluorescent lights in that locker room And then the camera stays laid on its side And then laying Then he just jumps and lays down And his face is really close to the lens And he just smiles with that mouthpiece he wears Nakamura And he goes Something like in his broken English I went through the door and he smiles, you know, and then there you go. You're off to the races. That's called money kids, right? <laughs> so anyway, back to, back to uh, stomping grounds. I'm over here. It's just spitballing free, uh, free creative bullshit as usual. So, okay. So we're going to segue right into uh, the SmackDown women's. I'm sorry. Let me back up. Uh, we're going to go to Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. All right. They've built this thing up. Pretty strongly here Shane McMahon has been in the middle of this whole angle I got a feeling Shane's going to get involved At the end of this match But um, that I'm not a fan of that part I'm not a fan of I think Shane's been a little bit on TV too much In my opinion is it just way too much? Like he's like he's a full blown pro wrestler Like it's it's just I know he's had a lot of matches in his career And it's kind of weird Like 
like it kind of snuck up on me. Like, when did Shane become like a you know a pro wrestler? Like, you know, <laughs> think about that, right? I mean, I like Shane. He's a great guy. I know Shane, but I'm not knocking him. I'm just being honest. Like, uh, it just I came out of nowhere. He knows what he's doing, but it's just weird. Like, it just happened like organically over the years. I guess just you know, he was always known as the guy that was took you know high risk, dangerous things. But now he's in like full blown wrestling angles, full throttle, and on TV a lot. Too much, I think. Um, so anyway, so uh he's he, Shane McMahon, has really uh got the Scottish psychopath Drew McIntyre and him of boys, you know what I mean? So in the character, right? So uh you got Roman Reigns, you know, going against Drew McIntyre here. Right? So look, it's easy for me to make a prediction that the guy who's a big muscular guy with long black hair and a black beard is gonna win. Okay, that's a pretty fucking much a layup. So I won't go that route. So but anyway, <laughs> um I, I gotta tell you, I, I I think you gotta have Shane McMahon get involved here. You do. Um, just because he's been such a massive part of what these guys have been doing. You gotta have him get involved. And I gotta tell you, you, you gotta have Roman Reigns lose the match. Because right now, ladies and gentlemen, Drew McIntyre is the guy, if you don't notice it, this is the guy that the company loves and is pushing. And he's been around a long time, Drew, and he's worked hard. So it's good to see a guy that's paid his dues, you know, and he's worked all over the place, man. Um, Drew's the guy they're building right now. He's got to win this match. And a lot of you guys might bitch, you know, if Shane McMahon helps him win the match, but he's a heel. And he should have Shane help him win the match. And it protects Roman. But then some of you guys might bitch if Roman wins the match. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if WWE creative, right? So uh, you got to have Drew win the match. What do I think is going to happen? I think Drew's going to win the match. I think they're going to book it that way, and I do think Shane's going to help him win the match. Um, I, I Just my just looking at it and watching the way they've been building it. Um, I don't know. It just it To me, that just makes sense. A lot of people think it's a foregone conclusion. Roman Reigns will win. He will win. He wins everything. He always wins. He always wins. He always wins. I, I don't think he wins this time. I don't think he wins. I don't. I, I I think that Drew's the guy that putting the rocket on right now. He's got every look, it, it look, it's kind of crazy, right? Like in this day and age now, you know, it's like if you are 6'4, 6'5, 270 pounds, you know, you're you're not just huge, but that's odd today. I, and odd's the wrong word, but like um you're in the minority, you know, because the majority of the talent are not big anymore. Guys are not big. Guys are more athletic. Guys are 180 pounds, 175, 190 pounds. You know, it's like, it, and and meanwhile, you have the 205 thing, which kind of makes no sense because some of these guys on the main roster uh, are, you know, that are not in the 205 are the same weight. I mean, so, you know, I don't know. Um, it's 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 guys that are, that are tremendous talents that are ultra athletic that are not heavy that are you know a guy like a ricochet a guy like a finn balor you know there's this there's so many guys that are you just look at nxt we all love nxt and 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 undisputed era those guys are not huge guys and they're awesome workers you know all of them and and i'm just naming them off the top of my head you know i mean you could so my point is like it's the nxt brand like there there's a lot of talents and it's interesting to me and i'll get into that in a second but the nxt brand from from guys like uh uh, you you can go from gargano to 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 uh adam cole to 
you know, these, these guys are not big, huge, heavy guys to, to, uh, you know, to Matt Riddle's not a big, heavy guy. You know what I mean? So it's like, the, and, and, and these guys are not just getting pushed, but they're, they're successful and they deserve to be pushed and they're awesome hands. Roddy strong. I mean, these guys are not gigantic guys, but it's good. I'm not knocking them. I, as you guys know, when I worked, I wasn't a gigantic guy. Uh, I mean, I was 250, but I wasn't tall, but Velveteen Dream, another guy, not a big, heavy guy, you know, not a, you know, he's got some height, but he's not, you know, my point is, in long-winded form, what I'm getting at is this, it, I'm, I'm over here talking about Drew McIntyre, he's such a big guy, and it's kind of like, I, I put that in the minority world in, in the WWE right now, so you got two big dudes going at it here. Um, and the guy that's knew it with the push is Drew McIntyre. And I really feel like he's going to win this match. And I think he needs to win this match. They got a lot of heat on him right now and good heat on McIntyre. You don't want that to end right now. I think he wins and I think Shane helps him win. And I think that that's what they should do. And I do think that's what they're going to do. Um, smack that woman's champion, Bailey. She's defending her title against Alexa Bliss. So, all right, so I, I'm kind of a fan of, big fan of, you know, both these girls, but I'm really a big fan of Alexa Bliss, and I'm a big fan of the coffee gimmick because I'm a coffee drinker, but they're also doing this whole coffee. She's obsessed with coffee with a talk show, and I like the stuff they're doing with her and Nikki Cross, um, where Nikki Cross is getting a good rub with Alexa, and they're showing a more real side and a vulnerable side to Nikki Cross where you could just see what's going on. She's going to, she's, you know, being manipulated here, getting set up by Bliss. To be, you know, um, just and that's great heat for Bliss, and it shows the the vulnerability in elect in uh, in um, Nikki Cross, which makes her gullible, which makes it easy to like her because you feel bad for her. You you know, as the viewer, she's fixing to get blindsided big time by Alexa Bliss. You just don't know when it's happening, but it's coming. You know what I mean? So I like that's good heat, and it works. And I think they need to get the title off Bailey. And um, will they do it? I'm going to be optimistic again on this one. I think they're going to at Stomping Grounds on Sunday. I think that Alexa Bliss gets that title. I do. Um, I think you you should do it because now you're already building a nice thing with Bliss, like I said, and Nikki. So eventually it could be where, you know, Nikki wants a shot and they're friends, but Bliss is stalling and working and all that, you know, because they go, they're doing something interesting here with Bailey, where they're, they're showing little, like they're trying making her feel like she's a heel a little bit here in a weird way, and they're doing it very subtle, which I like. See, people rip on WWE Creative a lot, but you're not looking at something like this as cool. It's subtle shit they're doing, like what Alexa Bliss and Nikki, where they're setting Nikki up to be, you know, hoodwinked here by Bliss down the road. And the thing is even more subtle is the 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 Bailey heel gimmick. You know, they started off, I think it was on Raw, where it was like, you know, a lot of the babyface girls were hanging out with Bailey, who's a big babyface, who's always been the girl next door, and it's easy to love her uh, as a babyface. And it's like, the, I think it was that a, a fan on social media was upset. This is all like a work, I guess. And that she she barely didn't take a photo with her or something like that. So Alexa Bliss kind of brought this forward to show that Bailey is like not as good as she says as a person. And she's a phony and shit like that. It's good stuff, man. I like it. It's, it utilizes social media like they always do. And it works. 
Um, <clears throat> if if you do keep it on Bailey, it's tough because you saw Bailey snap. I think it was on SmackDown um, during uh, Alexa Bliss's little talk show segment, and Bliss lost. I'm sorry, Bailey lost her temper. You know, because um, it, it seemed like Bliss would hit a nerve with her as far as making a painter like a heel. So if 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 you weren't doing what you're doing with Bliss and Cross, I would say then have Bailey keep the title and just have her kind of turn heel and get violent in her offense towards the end of the match and have her retain her SmackDown Women's title, but in violent form. Like, Holy shit, is this the Bailey that we knew and loved? I think if you do that, and then you run the risk of taking heat off Alexa Bliss, where that's where you want the heat is on her because of the stuff to do with Nikki Bliss. This is layers of depths of creative I'm getting into, so I'm going to back out now and just say, <laughs> I'm, not, I don't, I'm not trying to be condescending to anyone. I'm just saying I don't want to be too wordy on it. I do think that they should take the title off Bailey, put it on Bliss, and then do a slow build. Of where that turn happens, where Bliss screws over physically, attacks or does something um, to Nikki. But Nikki, Nikki keeps nice, nicely saying, well, you know, you're the champion now, and that's great. And, you know, uh, maybe she helped her win the championship, for argument's sake, Nikki. Um, and, you know, maybe because we're friends, I get a chance at it from you. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. We'll do that. I'll give you a shot. But Bliss keeps stalling her and stalling her. You know what I mean? And then it's an easy story to tell. You know, it's just it's it's good for weeks of content. You know, uh, other women's titles, Raw Women's title, where it's Becky Lynch versus, versus Lacey Evans. Um, I think that. And I'm a big fan of Becky, as you guys know, the man character. I didn't think the whole the man would last as long as it's doing, but it is lasting long. And they're oversaturating her. And that's my only negative thing on Becky. I, it's not a knock on her. I just think she's on the show too much. I think she gets her segments are they're having her on too much, and it's it, it, she's losing her cool factor. I think a little bit. It's not her fault. I think they got to back off of that. But I will say they have built up this angle with her and Lacey Evans pretty good. Here's my thing on Lacey Evans. I'm a fan of hers. Okay, I was a fan of hers in NXT. I think. She's got such a unique gimmick that she's doing that this this Southern Belle thing, it's, and she does a great job of it. Um, she's a pretty girl. She's she's got a great body, you know, great muscular, f- strong frame, uh, you know, like most of the females do. But she's really got these big shoulders. She's an ex, well, she's a marine. She was was a marine, you know what I mean? So it's like she's she she's an athlete. She's tough. She can talk. I mean, she's got the whole package. And then they went a couple weeks ago. I think I talked about it briefly here, and they did this work shoot thing with Charlotte Flair and Lacey, and it kind of made Lacey look real bad. And I don't know why they did that. I think Lacey lost some juice. You know, I do. I think she lost some juice. So you can't put the title on Lacey right now because she regressed. <laughs> and it's really not her fault. She couldn't hang in a work shoot. I don't think she's experienced enough to hang in a work shoot. And that's what they did with her and, and Charlotte. Um, I would not turn the title here. I would keep the title on Becky. I think they're going to keep it on Becky. Um, Rockets on Lacey also, just like it's on, you know, uh, just like it's on Drew McIntyre from a male perspective. But I would, I, I, what I would have done here with Lacey Evans after that work shoot, because you guys know what I'm talking about. If that happened, she kind of like, you know, kind of hurt her heat and hurt her work rate, Lacey Evans. It just looked bad what happened. The heat didn't fall on Charlotte, it fell on her. 
um, because Charlotte was the more aggressor. And I just think Lacey was letting kind of the veteran lead the way or whatever. It just was, I don't know whose idea that was. It just didn't make sense. Regardless, I would have, it's, you know, you can do this after the pay-per-view, but I would have done right after that. I would have booked Lacey Evans for a couple of weeks in a row on TV in squash matches where just build her, just have a, you know, have a go one-on-one against a girl and whoever that girl is, not, not anyone from the, you know, like just an extra, uh, and just have her just eat the girl up and just, just beat her with a finish, you know, three minute match, a total showcase, no offensive moves at all for the other girl. I do. I would have done that for two weeks in a row, maybe three weeks in a row, a row, just to really build heat more on Lacey and for people to forget about what happened with that work shoot thing with Charlotte Flair. That's what I would have done. I mean, they didn't do it. Um, it just keeps your mind. It would have kept your mind off of what happened. It would have, you know, you would have been invested more in Lacey and it would have got back her steam. Um, I, I think she lost some of it there. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's what I think. I don't think the title changes hand. You keep it on Becky, but you keep pushing Lacey after this. Eventually, that title will be Lacey's. They love her, and they should love her. She's got she's got the goods to be a big-time star in the company. Uh, WWE champion Kofi Kingston, he's going to defend in a steel cage against Dolph Ziggler. All right, so Kofi, they're building pretty good. I mean, you know, he's getting a lot of TV time, and, and, and he's the top guy and and he's earned it and and everyone loves Kofi. I, I know Kofi and it's hard not to love him. He's a solid guy and just a good person and, and never took a shortcut in his career, you know. So you're happy for Kofi. I am too. Um Dolph, another guy who's worked hard for a lot of years, still working hard. Um at times comes off as disgruntled, which is good. He he is disgruntled and he should come off as disgruntled. That's good stuff. Steel cage. Okay, cool. Now you know you're not gonna get blood in this thing. Okay. So you got him in a steel cage, so that means uh, Dolph want, it should get some violence, I guess. But, uh, you know, you're not going to get blood in the thing. Uh, you're also not going to get Dolph as the champ. I just don't think that happens. I, I don't. I, I think they're going to keep it on. This is just another way to build Kofi, um, and that's probably what they should do. I, I, um, I think Dolph, you know, he's a very talented guy, and he's been very successful. He's made a lot of money. Um, I think he does some stand-up comedy too, and he does well with that. He's a talented guy. He's you know a good guy, but I, I just don't. I, I think that if if they were going to put the title on him, he would have kind of been repackaged. It's kind of like he's. It's this. I feel like it's the same thing. You know, every time he gets starts to get a push again, it's it's he. You know, he's angry, and it's like, what about me? And it should have been me. And it's like the same narrative and. It just gets to a point where it, it, you feel bad for him because he's not. There's no real ultra payoff for him, you know. So uh, if you're gonna bring him back, give him a full makeover, change his look, maybe maybe he gets dark hair, maybe he shaves his head. I don't know. Make him look different. It's like the same guy he wears a zipped up hoodie and you know, and he's bitter and he's mad and that's his character. Uh, I mean. But you're not, he's not getting the big payoffs, you know what I mean? So it's like he kind of – and he's hes a credible talent. He's a, a very credible. But the character can lose credibility. That's my point. Title stays on Kofi, and it should stay on Kofi. Um, so that's my deal on that. Last match, a Universal Championship. Seth Rollins, Seth will defend against Baron Corbin. Now, so, okay, Baron Corbin. <clears throat> His deal, right? So – as you guys know, they were promoting and pushing that there's going to be a special referee. We don't know who the guest referee is or the special ref. But if you look, I, before I started recording, I took a peek on the WWE website on the Stopping Grounds lineup, 
And on the graphic, what jumped out to me, there's no like shadow silhouette of a referee with a question mark, which they normally would do, which is smart business. They didn't do that. It's just a picture of, as I'm looking at it, now I just went to it. It's Seth and Baron. Um, Seth with the title on his shoulder. It says Universal Champ Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Um, I don't know why the graphic doesn't have a steel. Uh, well, they're not in a steel cage, dumbass. That's why. Well, let me go to the match. There's a steel cage. Okay, so there you go. See that? What am I talking about? I'll tell you. The graphic, I don't know why the graphic would Kofi and uh, Dolph is not like a steel cage or fencing behind them. It says in parentheses, steel cage match. I, I would have did that graphic different. But the graphic for Seth and Baron does not have a silhouette of a ref. I'm like, hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm like, well, what did they, did something change? But, you know, in the match preview that they're putting out there, WWE, there's just one quick mention that, you know, Corbin has the right to select a special guest referee for the match. And that's really it. I mean, you know, at the end of the the commentary of the, of the of the thing, they just basically say, you know, who who's going to walk out of the Tacoma Dome with the Universal Championship, and, and make sure you watch Stomping Grounds, blah 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 blah, live Sunday, all the stuff. I, I don't understand why. Well, maybe it's a rhetorical question. It seems I, I'm a little perplexed why they're not pushing like they were. It seemed like they went hot and heavy with the special ref. Who's it going to be? And then they, since Monday, they kind of backed off that a little bit. It's tough to tell. I do think they're gonna they're gonna pay it off with a special ref. So it, only thing that makes sense that it's either the special ref is either going to be Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman. That's that's it's one of those two. Who a lot? Who do I think it's gonna be? I think a lot of people would think it is Paul Heyman, and then Brock will come out and cash in uh, once Seth beats Baron. Uh, I don't think you have to do that. I, I I would go this route, and I I feel like they're gonna do what I'm thinking here. I would go with the special ref is Brock, not Paul. Paul's not even with Brock. You don't even see Paul. You don't even hear Paul. Nothing. You have him ref the match, Brock Lesnar, and he refs it fair and square. Okay, no cheating, no bullshit. And then. Um, you know, you could go a couple different ways here. This is where it's tough to predict stuff with pro wrestling or WWE because hey, it's it's a, it's a worked finish. So it's it's like you're kind of like giving a suggestion on what they could do creatively, but there's a million different ways you can go with this story here. Okay, I'll hit you with a couple. So you could have he refs the match, Brock Lesnar, fair and square. And then as they're getting ready to finish the match, Seth Rollins is on fire and he's bouncing fucking Baron Corbin all over the ring. Uh, and then what you do is out of nowhere, fucking, you know, either Seth accidentally hits Brock or something or grazes him and Brock gets annoyed or whatever it is, or he sees, maybe there's no physicality. Brock sees that fucking Seth is really just cranking up. And then he just, as he's running to hit Baron with something, Brock intercepts him as the ref, catches him, picks him up. And a big F5 and then hits him with a bunch of German suplexes, you know, um, you know, you could do something like that. Um, and then Baron Corbin is like, yeah, and he goes to like shake Brock's hand or high five and then fucking Brock F5s him, you know, and then Brock throws whatever Baron on top of Seth and counts one, two, three and then waves. Here comes Paul Heyman with the briefcase in his arms with a real ref. 
down the aisle, and then he cashes it in and beats Baron Corbin for the Universal title. Or, again, I told, and there's more ways. I'm just going to give you a couple. I, uh, trust me. <laughs> this is one where I was writing shit down the, you know, the other day. Like I'm trying to figure out different. There's a lot of ways you can go with this, so I'm not going to give you all of them. Um, what, I, what I would really think would be good same scenario where, you know, Seth is bouncing around Baron towards the end of the match. Brock catches um, Seth and hits him with an F5 as he's refing the match. And then Baron Corbin's like, holy shit, this is great. Thank you. Shakes his hand, goes high five him. Brock pulls him in, gives him a German suplex, gives Baron another German suplex, another German suplex. And then, you know, basically um, you could have Seth where Brock grabs Seth, throws Seth's kind of limp body from the F5 on top of Baron's Brock counts, one, two, three. He wants Seth to retain because he wants to beat Seth Lesnar. He don't want to beat Baron. So now Baron's out of the picture. Seth won the match, but he's kind of half dead. Now here comes Paul Heyman down the aisle with the briefcase, with the real referee. Okay, the announcers are going ape shit, um, and you not kind of know what's going to happen. He cashes it in with the ref. The ring announcer makes the announcement. Fucking Brock Lesnar's cash in the gimmick Schnabitz. The winner of that last match was Seth Rollins, still universal champ. Ding, ding, ding. Here we go. Okay. Now, fucking Lesnar starts hitting these Germans. Boom. Suplex City Jones. Boom, 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 boom. Fucking Seth is still kind of half dead from the dang uh, fucking F5. Um, And then you do a high spot. Something it's not long. You do something where um he go he Brock goes for an F five. Seth somehow desperation jumps behind him. Uh Paul is yelling at the ref. The ref turns his back. Paul somehow causes a distraction from the apron. The ref turns his back. Fucking Seth just kicks the ball bag. Nutshot Jones. Set just nut shots Fucking Lesnar Lesnar bends over, falls down to all fours The ref turns back around, never saw the ball shot Here comes this curb stomp Stomping grounds name of the pay-per-view Curb stomp, boom Fucking Seth tops him One, two, three Seth retains Homeboy cashed in the thing, it doesn't matter Your champ still Seth Rollins A place to go batshit nuts Uh, He retains his title Um, Once Against Baron because the ref who was Brock helped him, and then the screw job, you know, the 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 gimmick by um, Brock doesn't work. Somehow, uh, it's a simple little thing where they could do something where Paul is yelling at the ref, where the ref turns his back or goes to Paul. Paul feels like the match should end now or whatever. Something, something. That's easy shit. I'm not gonna. And then that little distraction, Seth sees it and and swats. Lesnar with a big front kick to the nuts, knocks them to all fours, curb stop, and, you know, boom. They're both knocked out. I mean, Seth is beat up from all those suplexes. It would just pop the house. It's a great way to end the night. And, you know, it's not often. I don't know I don't know the history, like, as far as how often does someone cash it in and not win. So he cashes in and he don't win, meaning Lesnar. I don't know. Just a thought. You know, just uh, that's the deal. So... Again, more fucking free consulting advice. Unbelievable. One day, I will figure this out. 
Be like all those other guys where I got a Patreon and you guys got to pay for this shit, right? Uh, who knows? Right now, I'm done. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And um, if you didn't subscribe, subscribe to the show. I don't fuck around. I'm all business. You know what I mean? I appreciate you. Give a rating. Put me over on the goddamn uh, freaking uh, thing over the Apple Podcast. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. I don't even have a top 10 Me against the world I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com.